Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So it'll be the Oilers and the Golden Knights tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. We're 24 hours away from face-off. Our coverage will begin with the face-off show at 5.30. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. You know, Furnace Family is Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Keegan Lowe will make his Oilers debut. Former Edmonton Oil King. Two previous NHL games with the Carolina Hurricanes. No Andre Secra. He won't play again this season. Knee injury. Same injured knee that he hurt last year in the playoffs. Not a serious injury, but they're going to keep him out the last two games. Johan Ovitu, doubtful for the last two games on the blue line. Nugent Hopkins and Benning expected to be back in. Oilers lines today. McDavid with Nugent Ratty. Dreisaitl between Kara and Puglia-Yarvi. Strom centering Lucic and Kajula. And Camilleri with Slepeshev and Cassian Aberg and Pakarinen looking like they'll be the scratches tomorrow night. Blue Jays trailing the White Sox 3-2, bottom of the sixth, two out, Jays with two runners on. Senators lead the Sabres 3-1 late in the second period. Blackhawks and Blues 1-1 after one. Wild and Ducks coming up a little bit later on. Anaheim trying to move closer to clinching a playoff spot. That St. Louis game, if they win, they jump ahead of Colorado into the second final wildcard spot in the Western Conference. This is the Blues making up a game in hand. Colorado will play San Jose tomorrow. The Raptors leading Boston 43-33. That one is at the half. A Raptors win, and uh, they're pretty much assured of getting the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for the playoffs. I wouldn't be totally assured, but... Uh, Boston would need a, a, everything to go their way over the final four games. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can always reach out, 780-496-0063. The text line is 630-630. The email, insidesports at 630ched.com. Pleased to be joined by former Edmonton Oilers forward, Ryan Smith. Ryan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks, Reed, for having me on. Yeah, good to have you on the show. Always uh, great to talk to you. I haven't, uh, haven't uh, interviewed you since we uh, crossed paths. Obviously got to do my show from uh, Northlands Coliseum. You had, the, you had the big AJHL game. That was a pretty fun night, wasn't it, looking back? Yeah, that was a great night, actually. Uh, it could be a matchup. Uh, Okotoks is playing Brooks, and they're tied 2-2 in their series. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get by uh, the Wolverines. It was a, it, it, it didn't seem uh, uh, we we ended up winning four straight, but it didn't seem four straight. The guys are banged up, so the rest is well needed, and uh, 
look forward to uh, the challenge for the next uh, uh, next round for the AGHL final. Yeah, pretty good season again for Spruce Grove. That's been a perennial powerhouse in in the Alberta Junior League. And uh, you know, I know I know you've enjoyed uh, taking over that franchise and having a role in management and uh, and working with the coaches and with uh, with the, the young players who always bring a lot of energy to the rink. What what, what do you think's allowed you guys to just uh, you know keep it rolling and continue that tradition of success with the Saints? Well, to be quite honest with you, is is uh, Bram Stevenson's done an excellent job. Him and his coaching staff, uh, Rob Krug's getting the, the right guys in, and uh, just overseeing it really has has been my job and and learning. Uh, this is my first year at it, and I'm learning and growing. And and the guys, uh, you know, give credit to the players. They've done an excellent job in buying into the system that uh, Bram has set out. And at the end of the day, they got the one common goal, and that's uh, that's to win. And uh, it's nice to see the successes uh, rise to the occasion right now. You know, it's it's funny. I interviewed Steve Steos yesterday, and he's president GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs. So I don't know if some of you Oilers from that era used to sit in the dressing room and talking about being presidents and managers <laughs> someday. But it's uh, it's pretty cool the path some of you've gone on here. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not the task at all. We don't see the stalls <laughs> talking about that. You, you just, the stalls enjoying the, uh, the moment as players for sure. But uh, it's great to see uh, Steve's, uh, Steve uh, Steele's has done a great job with uh, the Bulldogs. And, and uh, I hope him uh, continue success there. Ryan Smith joining us on Inside Sports. Obviously, we, we wanted to grab a few minutes with you here because the Sedins are going to play their last NHL game in Edmonton on Saturday. Final home game in Vancouver will be tomorrow. You know, basically... Uh, Almost an entire overlap. Uh, you were you were in the in the league for a few years before they came in, but Oilers Canucks would have played a, a lot of times when when you were an Oiler. And Ryan, get, can you put into words what it was like to be on the ice against those guys? Yeah, um, I was trying to reflect on uh, all of it as as uh, you know these brothers, the twins, uh, you know. Um, an excellent job of coming in together. Obviously, Brian Burke set that up, and and how it's evolved into uh, to today. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, farewell to a, a great duel that's uh, uh, meant so much not only for the Vancouver Canucks but for the NHL. And uh, to to see uh, uh, them going together, come in together, and go out together is pretty special. It's very unique and. Uh, you know, we can't say enough about these guys. First class all the way. Um, I remember when I retired, we played the Vancouver Canucks that night. They left the ice, and it was those two that that, uh, that headed everybody to come back up, come back on the ice. And, uh, you know, that's uh, uh, that speaks of volumes, uh, not only for me personally, but uh, around the league. I wanted to ask you about that because that was a really cool moment, and, and they obviously wanted to recognize your career. Did, did you were you expecting that that the Canucks might come out, or because you were kind of at center ice? I remember watching that. You were kind of at center ice, you know, emotional and waving to the fans a, a little bit. Uh, what do you remember thinking when you saw the Canucks coming out? Yeah, yeah, not not one bit of that uh, did I expect uh, at all. I didn't expect the the way it turned out for sure, but. Uh, for them to come back on and uh, and show uh, some appreciation, and, um, you know, like I said, they headed it up, and uh, as far as the Sundins, and, and you know what, it, it it just meant so much to me personally, and I think uh, you know the Vancouver 
Canucks organization, uh, you know, should be proud of of players like that. And uh, you know, I'm sure they've passed on the torch to other uh, existing uh, Canucks that uh, that will lead and carry the to- torch uh, going forward for those two guys. But uh, that's a big, tall order. I got to ask you, and I'm really curious your answer here because, you know, I sit and watch them on TV or, or when they play in Edmonton, I'm lucky enough to, to sit up top and and watch them play. And I don't know how many times over the years, Ryan, and even this year where, you know, supposedly they're they're not as good, as good as they used to be, but they're still pretty good. And I think all the, oh, you know, they, they've got nowhere to go or, or well defended. And then two seconds later, they still create a scoring chance. I mean, when you were out on the ice against those guys, I imagine you never you never felt safe and you must have never really felt like you had them in check. What was it like to, to match up against their line? Well... You know, obviously I played against them a fair bit in, in regards to even matching up against them. And, you know, <laughs> they were attached uh, for sure at the womb. And, uh, you know, they showed that on the ice uh, consistently. And, uh, they knew each other in the back of their hands and, uh, or the back of their heads. And, and it was amazing. They just throw blind passes and boom, he was there. And then all of a sudden he darts in front of the net and it's in the back of the net. And, and you can't think but appreciate that type of caliber. Um, you know, they're not the biggest guys, but they are uh, very shifty, very crafty um, guys that that uh, made a difference uh, in games for sure. And uh, you know, it was a, t- a tall order for uh, defenders to to handle them in, in uh, the uh, offensive zone for them. So, uh, not my class, but uh, great uh, great players also. Um, I don't know, I was reading some statistics in, in regards to that no one made a dollar more or a dollar less and, uh, you know, they, they uh, um, capped off, uh, you know, a great uh, career. I think they were within, you know, 30 or 40 points with each other. Um, you know, obviously one got a few more goals than the other, but at the end of the day, they complemented each other very well. Ryan Smith joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, the Sedins hanging them up in Edmonton on Saturday night. Ryan, I, just to throw one more at you here, uh, obviously I know you still follow the Oilers very closely and uh, still have a lot of passion for how the team is doing. You know, your years uh, in the NHL, not just with the Oilers, but other teams too, you, you had some games uh, down the stretch that were meaningful. Teams trying to push their way into the playoffs. Obviously there were some tough years as well. Uh, you know, the last four games for the Oilers haven't been, uh, haven't been great. You know, obviously they, they know where they're headed. Just as a player, what's it like to go through that? And uh, what do you say about, you know, mustering the energy and the passion here for the final two home games? Well, I mean, it's a tall order when you want to uh, compete at a high level. And, and sometimes the, the games aren't so-called meaningful in the standings uh, in regards to you're not in the playoffs for, you know, a, a month and a half. And, and you're trying to get up for the occasion. But at the end of the day, it's, it's pride. It's uh, going out and earning a job and, uh, you know, representing not only uh, – uh, your, yourself and your teammates, but uh, the city of Edmonton, and um, you know there's ebbs and flows uh, throughout every season, and and the task like uh, that they've the others had here in the last month and a half is uh, you know it's it's tough at times, and you know, where's where's who's going to be playing with who and bringing in some young guys, but at the end of the day it's it's shaping and molding and 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 the way you do that is trying to play consistent um 
you know, be consistent in your game individually and then collectively try to find, uh, you know, you try to better yourself, better your team and, uh, you know, climb in the standings. And, you know, I know this, the lottery and all that comes into factor and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, guys take pride and they want to go out and compete at a high level and, and uh, you know, and win for uh, for the uh, city of Edmonton. Yeah, for sure. Well, Ryan, great to have you on the show. Thanks for your memories of going up against the Sedins and all the best to the Saints in the AJHL final. I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one. Right on. Thanks a lot, Rick. That is Ryan Smith, former Edmonton Oiler, checking in tonight. Good memories of the Sedins. And, yeah, that was a pretty good moment when Ryan retired his final game. He was at uh, center ice uh, basking in the ovation from Oilers fans. And uh, the Sedins and the rest of the Canucks came out for a handshake line. I'm sure McDavid and the Oilers will do something like that after the game on Saturday. The Blue Jays have pulled even. It's 3-3. Now into the top of the seventh. White Sox batting. We'll keep you updated on that one as the Blue Jays try to extend their four-game winning streak. We're going to be joined in studio by a U of A Golden Bear offensive lineman, Mark Cordy, who's had some NFL teams looking at him as well as CFL clubs. That's a pretty cool experience. More time for your texts at 630-630. Phone number 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you, you tuning in tonight. To of course, the Eskimos unveiling their coaching staff for 2018 yesterday. Looks a lot like the coaching staff for 2017. Jason Moss, as expected, will be the head coach and offensive coordinator. You can get all the details on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 722. We got an Oilers game tomorrow. We got an Oilers game on Saturday. Locker cleanout day for the players expected to be on uh, Sunday. Not sure when Shirelli and McClellan are going to do their end of season remarks but uh, of course we'll keep you updated right here on 630 Chet. Masters starts tomorrow. Tiger Woods back in the tournament. He's asked about his relationship with Phil Mickelson of things uh, warmed up between the two over the years. Well, I think Phil and I have we've we've been through it for so long and um, you know it's we've been together on these teams long enough and then when I've when I got hurt and I had to take a different role on the teams, uh, being assistant captain and uh, really trying to help on the side how best I possibly could. Um, you know, Phil was, was great. He's tried to help me out when I was trying to make a comeback. My body wasn't feeling very good. How can I help? And our friendship has gotten stronger over the years. Um, we've competed a lot of times coming down to stretch in, in events. We're joking today about some of the thoughts that has transpired here. Uh, we've, we've, we've gone through it a long time and better part of 20 years. Uh, our, our friendship has certainly gotten a lot better and I think it's just age as well. You know, we're, we're at the tail end of our, our career. So we both know that, uh, he's 47, I believe, and I'm 42 and, um, we've had a, a great 20 year battle. Uh, hopefully we'll have a few more, um, but you know, we, we understand where we are in the game now uh, versus where when we were in our early 20s uh, battling for who's going to be number one. And um, that was that was then. And certainly this is now. I'm looking forward to seeing Tiger Woods back in the Masters. I mean, how could you not enjoy watching him play? I, I think he's he's the most dominant athlete of this century. 
I guess I would say, and I, I know you got LeBron James and Tom Brady and all those kind of guys, but in his sport, somebody who consistently contended, consistently won at the highest level, consistently won against really good fields, against strong competitors. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that's been able to match Tiger Woods in that department. I, I know we're going to be asking the the who knows question in terms of the injuries and the issues with the personal life that that, that derailed him. Uh, I would love to see him contend in another major. I, I don't know if he quite has the game or the consistency anymore, but with him, who knows? If there's anybody that's going to surprise all of us and be like, oh my God, look, it's there he goes, it, it, it'd be Tiger Woods, given what he's accomplished in his career. He's 42. Jack Nicklaus won the Masters at 46 in 1986. Yeah, different era. Uh, course was uh, shorter, obviously, at that time, though it, though, it, though you know, the courses adjust to the, to the strengths and length of the player. But Woods and Mickelson, I, I think, I remember watching a, a broadcast, the golf broadcast, probably 12, 15 years ago, and uh, the commentator said, a lot of people wonder about the relationship between Phil and Tiger. It's simple. They don't have one. <laughs> but, but I think time and age and watching another generation of players comes up and uh, that changes over the years. So I, I certainly as Tiger, and, I, and here's the thing, uh, probably 10 or 15 years ago, Tiger wouldn't have even answered a question about Mickelson. With, I mean, that clip was a little over a minute. Uh, I, I think they would just often deflect and not want to talk too much about the other guy. But uh, to me, two of the guys I've always enjoyed watching. I, I never cheered for Tiger Woods per se, and it's not because I didn't like him or because I wanted him to lose. But to me, it was more interesting seeing the Bob Mays or Chris DeMarcos of the world jump up to challenge him. Maybe beat him, maybe not beat him. Y.E. Yang was one guy who was able to beat him in a, in a PGA. Because during Woods' peak, cheering for Tiger Woods, in my mind, was like cheering for the sun to come up. You knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of what time it was going to happen, depending on, on what, what the season was. So I always thought it was more interesting to see which competitors were going to rise up. Maybe beat him, maybe not. But I like to see him pushed and how he was going to perform in the clutch as opposed to some of the tournaments he ran away with, such as, uh, what, the 97 Masters. I think it was the 2000 U.S. Open where uh, you'd be Ernie Ellis by something like 12 strokes. Love watching the Masters. That'll be fun. We'll update your scoreboard when we get back. Blue Jays now on a tie, 3-3, bottom of the seventh against the White Sox. And uh, we're going to update the football career of Golden Bears offensive lineman Mark He's been doing some great things. That's next on Inside Sports. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. May 27th will be our first Eskimos broadcast when they play in the preseason against Saskatchewan. NHL tonight, Senators up 3-2 on the Sabres early in the third. Late second period, St. Louis up 3-2 on Chicago. Tarasenko has his 33rd. The Blues win. They jump into a playoff spot ahead of Colorado. Wild and Ducks will start at 8. White Sox and Blue Jays 3-3 after 7. Raptors healthy lead on the Celtics 52-39 halfway through the third quarter. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Chet. Oilers tomorrow 5.30 face-off show game at 7 against the Vegas Golden Knights. Oilers with two wins and a loss against the Pacific Division regular season champions so far. Keegan Lowe will make his Oilers debut on defense tomorrow. All right, special guest in studio, offensive lineman from the U of A Golden Bears football team, making his second in-studio appearance on Inside Sports. It's Mark Cordy. Mark, how are you doing? 
I'm good. How are you? Thanks a lot for coming in. Had you and your brother and your dad in almost two years ago. I've done it the last two years now. Going to do it again in June, Father's Day week, where we bring in sons and dads or daughters and dads or whatever combination involving a dad. And uh, it was you and your uh, your father and your brother. Well, t- tell us uh, what, what are your uh, what are your dad and your brother up to football wise these days? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, dad's still coaching defense line at the University of Alberta with me and. Uh, doing really well there kind of keeping going and then uh craig my older brother is uh he's teaching now at emmy lizard on the north side of the city and he's taking over there as the head coach of their program so um yeah things are going well for those guys and and it's been exciting to see them do it awesome stuff but we want to talk about you i know athletes you know i wanted to ease you in about somebody else because athletes uh, hate to brag but but you're a great story here uh o-line at the u of a well you've been on the team four years yeah four years how many years were you a starter uh four four so right out of high school what was that like? Uh, I was getting thrown into the fire a little bit for sure. Um, yeah, it was kind of part of being on a developing program with with the UVA where we were when I came in. Um, you know, got the opportunity to start, and it was great to great to grow and develop into that role. But those first few games were a bit of a whirlwind, and and getting to know the speed. All right, so it's been an interesting few weeks for you. Well, more than a few weeks. Because you're being looked at here, you're being looked at by CFL teams, and you're being looked at by NFL teams. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on. There's a lot of uncertainty. I think in in a in a positive way, but there there is some uncertainty. Uh, but tell us first when you got to play in the East West Shrine game, right? Mm-hmm. And that generally there aren't a lot of Canadians invited to play in that. Yeah, absolutely. So as one of one of two Canadians, another guy from the University of Montreal, we went down and played and. Uh, yeah, it was exciting to see you know see how you stack up against some some top competition from down there. All right, so what was it like going to play against all the American kids on the four down football and everything? <laughs> this was in was it in St. Pete? Yeah, I was in St. Petersburg okay. at uh, Tropicana Field there, where the Tampa Rays play. And you know, it was it was a bit of a, an eye opening experience at first when you go in there and you're you're in there against guys from top Division one schools in the states, and you're being coached by NFL coaches and watched by NFL scouts. So. Um, it took a it took a minute to settle in, and then you know once you're in there, then it's then it's football after that. And how like how how quick was the whole experience? I mean, certainly, a, I imagine you didn't have a 400 page playbook for for that game <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, no, we were we were busy, so it you know it felt like it was over before it started. We were down there for a week, and it you know what it felt like, you know, game day came the day after we landed, so. Um, yeah, it was a it was a quick week and it was a lot of work, but it was a it was a blast as well. How many old linemen did they have? I mean, did did they rotate through a whole bunch of guys to play, or how did it work? Uh, I think we went down there with I think we played the game with ten. So um, yeah, I got to rotate in at all positions and show some versatility at different spots, and and I think it went really well for me. You played all five positions, or did they at least leave you on one side? Uh, the game I played strictly strictly guard, played both guard spots, okay. and then through practice was able to play oh, all five okay. at tackle and center. So. All right, and with Bears, have you always been a guard? Uh, always been a tackle, actually, with the okay. Bears. Kind of spent spent time practicing at all, but only played games at tackle. So. All right. How do you feel you did in the Shrine game? I thought, you know what, I thought I'd, I went went uh, went up against some good guys and did really well. So, um, yeah, once I once I kind of settled in, like we were talking about, I think it, it went well for me. All right. So then, uh, now recently, it's been pretty interesting. First of all, let, let's talk about the CFL Combine, right? Because you went to Winnipeg for that. That was all part of CFL Week. 
Yep, yeah, we were down there for part of CFL week, and uh, yeah, we were down there for the weekend. Okay, so tell me about these drills they got to do, Mark. Like, well, you know, and you're probably walking around in your gaunch half the time. You know, well, to be quite frank, I mean, you know, mm. like, what's up? <laughs> you're, it's a, you're a piece of meat, Mark, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of a, a bit of a cattle market and a meat market. Um, you know, you're kind of, you know, they kind of trot you out and show you off a little bit, but you know, that's kind of part of the process and part of the fun with it. So, yeah, some of the drills are, you know, they're, they're interesting to do and they're, you know, okay, they like what, what? like what, like what you gotta, t- you gotta give us the, the details here. Oh, I mean, we've got, you kind of got everything in there from how, how high and how far you can jump to, to so you, you did know. the vertical jump, you did the broad jump. Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. Had some, had some shuttle testing, some agility testing, stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good variety, and it's kind of fun to go through. So, were you ever thinking, don't you just want to watch me block? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of one of the nice things about uh, about the combine too, is they kind of get you through all those tests, and then on the Sunday they let you go out there and have some fun and do you know do blocking stuff and do one on ones and and kind of have some fun against other guys. So, yeah, that's kind of the fun day is the Sunday. Uh, the CFL draft, I want to say, is May second. Uh, I believe so. That week for sure. Uh, so, do, do you know where you're where you're ranked? Do you look into stuff like that? Do you care? Uh, you know what? It's it's fun to look at stuff and and see the stuff online. But I mean, there's only so much weight you can put on it. It's at the end of the day, it's all speculation until until we get to draft day. So, yeah, I try not to try not to pay too much attention to it. Were, were teams able to interview you at the combine? That, yeah. that part of it? Yeah, so the whole Friday night, we were in there for about three, four hours and, and just did kind of back-to-back job interviews with all nine teams. So that was a, a mentally taxing night for sure. And But it was fun to you know fun to sit down with some coaches from different staffs and, and see what they're all about and let them learn about me as well. Now, can you, what do they ask you? I mean, there's football questions, but are there other questions as well? Was there anything that caught you off guard or you were thinking, oh, why, what, what, why would they ask me that? Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, you know, there's kind of the standard ones of, you know, the regular interviews that everyone gets in their job interview. And then there's football stuff. And then there's there's a couple oddball questions in there, too. You know, they had one team. They said they had a box of donuts sitting on the on the table there. And they said, open it up and, and tell us which donut you are. So I don't even know which one I picked. But... <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah, so there, there's kinda... how teams are making their draft decisions. Everybody, <laughs> well, that guy picked a crawler. Clearly, we want him on our team. Uh, that's that. That is an interesting one. <laughs> I I think sometimes they they do that just more to see if you have an answer, or yeah, just maybe to see the look look on your face and how you handle an unusual situation. I don't know because maybe they're thinking, who knows? We draft this kid. Five years from now, he's the most famous football player in Canada, and some weird fan comes up to him. Is he going to be? You know, I don't know. It's all mental makeup. Of some of those, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think is you know a little bit of his. You know, what's this kid going to do? And we throw him a total curveball that he'll he'll never expect. And and so that's that's definitely part of it for them. And and I think they're also you know they're in there for four hours a night. I think they're looking for a bit of a laugh <laughs> yeah, too. They're so. just like, what do we have in the room that we could ask them about? <laughs> were there, were there twelve little. donuts in the box or six? <laughs> I think it was just six. <laughs> so yeah. made the choice. choice. Li- yeah, twelve donuts. You'd still be there. <laughs> did they? Did you get to have a donut? No, they didn't even give it to me. So <laughs> That's terrible. To, I know they had to save it for all the other guys. <laughs> so it was tough. All right, Mark Cordy joining us on Inside Sports, offensive lineman for the U of A Golden Bears. Big things ahead. Talking about his experience at the uh, at the CFL Combine, uh, and then what happened with your uh, pro day for uh, the NFL because that's pretty cool because you had guys come up here to, to watch you right to Edmonton yeah absolutely so we had uh, had some scouts out for that and it was kind of like doing the CFL combine all over 
Um, and then kind of added a few things at the end, some some more football-specific stuff to kind of tack on to what we did Sunday. So, you know, it was, it was interesting to be the only guy out there as opposed to being out there with 60 other guys. But, you know, and I think it actually went really well. I improved on some numbers from the CFL Combine. And, and uh, yeah, it was good to good to get out there and, and put down some film as well. Do, do you from uh, maybe this isn't fair yet because of your experiences, but I'll throw it at you, just like the donut question. <laughs> uh, from your experience in the Shrine game and from when you've talked to the NFL teams and what they've had you do, like would you have to change or modify your skill set if you wound up in the NFL? Uh, there's a few there's a few minor things um, to tailor to their their games, you know, only slightly different. Um, but you know, adjustments that it's a, it's essentially the same game. It's still football, so you know, adjustments that you could make in a matter of of training camp for sure. So yeah, I think it there's some adjustments, but not too much for sure. So let me ask you this, Mark how how optimistic are you that you're going to be taken in the CFL draft? I mean, it seems to me like you're you're going to get taken. Yeah, I think you know. I, I know like you're to, humble, but I like to be confident and and have my hopes high. So you know, I hope to hope to have my name called there at the start of May for sure. What about NFL draft? Do you view that like as a long shot, as a extreme long shot, as uh, a maybe? I think I think the goal now I think is what we're what we're looking for between myself and and my agent who's doing a great job is you know we're looking for a, what's called an undrafted free agent contract so okay. that'll be after the draft ends and they start signing guys to contracts to bring to training camp so that's kind of what we're what we're looking for now you know if you can sneak into the last last round of the draft that's even better but yeah I think that's where we're looking for the moment yeah well that's amazing for you that 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 you had that and and, and you know it's 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 proof that the old linemen don't get the credit because like Ed Elnicki was on this show every every day of the week <laughs> during the football season and then we had him on like half an hour after he won the heck Crichton and you're sitting there hey I'm blocking for this guy here well he's what what what's, what was it like blocking for Ed oh my God he's a he's a fun guy to play with and a guy that I've played with you know essentially my entire career we grew up you know from the time we were nine years old together playing so um, yeah Ed was kind of fun to work with throughout the years. You know, running back always helps uh, helps an offensive lineman look good. So, um, yeah, Ed was great to work with, and you know what? I think he's he's helped me definitely more than I've helped him. So, um, yeah, he makes me look good all the time. What, what did it mean just to the Bears program for him to win the Crichton? Oh, it's huge! It's huge for for our, our offensive line to to have a role in helping him get there, but also to our program. I think it was big to to get onto the national stage like that and to have have him win a major award and. and and be one of the one of the elite players, and it'll be even better for us as he moves into his professional career in Ottawa, and uh, and we get to see him and have him as one of our alumni. Mark, I don't I don't know if you expected this. Mark Cordy, offensive lineman for the Golden Bears, joining us. This is a talk show. We do take callers at times. Somebody's call in with a question <laughs> or a comment. Hi, caller. You're on with Reed and Mark Cordy. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just wanted to say, Mark Cordy, I was. As much as everybody and you may, most of everybody congratulates you, and you may go very top to the CFL draft I'm coming here. I'm still going to remember you as the snot-nosed little kid that started crying when his mom wouldn't let him finish the second tray of marshmallow square when you were about 10 years old. So, just just thought you should know that. And you're never, you're never going to be quite the quite too big of a star in my book, buddy. 
<laughs> it is Ed Nicky on the line. Heck, Triton winner, running back for the uh, UFA Gold Bears. Call it in to uh, talk to Mark. Uh, you, you can respond. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was good to, always good to grow up with Ed and have him, you know, have him watch over me and, and want, have me see his uh, his pictures of him doing karate at age age eight, weighing about 150 pounds. So, um, yeah, you know what? It's it's fun to always hang out with Ed and have him have a chat. Ed, Ed, thanks for doing this. Here's the thing, Ed, you're the you're the teammate. You, you, I know you wanted to call in and, and, yeah. and give a give a good barb there, but I'll let you ask the question here because you know Mark better than anybody else. And uh, you know about how hard he's worked. What what question would you like to ask Mark here that uh, he can uh, give the listeners an answer to? Um, oh, it's a good question, Reed. Uh, well, Mark, I think uh, I think the number one thing you can ask listeners because I'm sure they're curious. You had to put on all that weight going into the combine. I think you should tell all our listeners what a daily meal looked like for you. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. We had uh, had all kinds of stuff throughout the day. Had. You know, lots of protein shakes and lots of eggs. Had about 12 eggs one day, and and it never ended for for the food. It was good to be good to be cooking lots and eating lots. It was a fun time. That's amazing. Uh, Ed, what are you up to these days? I am in the middle of a workout right now, but you know, I had to I had to take a little break here just to call in and give my good teammate. And in all honesty, I'm very excited to see what happens for Mark in the next month or so here. And it's all just it's all just uh, exciting to see how the program's moving forward and for Mark and for a couple like for Justin Lawrence looking looking to get a shot at CFL camp and for myself heading out to Ottawa. I think it's all, it's just really exciting. Tyler Henry's heading back out to Winnipeg. So there's a lot of guys working very hard, but I'm in the gym right now and there's a couple of young guys here that are that are finishing up their workout too. So it's looking good on all levels for the program and I'm looking forward to where things go next. And thanks for checking in, buddy. All the best with the Red Blacks, okay? I know we'll talk again. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Thanks, Reed. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Thanks, Ed. That is Ed Ilnicki running back for the uh, Golden Bears. Check. Well, I guess now former running back, but uh, heck of a career. But he mentioned how the program progressed. I want to talk to you about that when we get back. Mark Cordy in studio, Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, and some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, Golden Fork winning chicken. Get tickets for the exclusive hockey fan charity dinner to support Winhouse. Only 50 tickets available. The event includes a five-course meal and a silent auction. Call 780-756-2239. Mark Cordy, offensive lineman for the Golden Bears, now has one of those gift certificates in his possession. So did you really have to gain a bunch of weight yeah yeah so finished the season around the the 270 275 mark and then uh you know it came time to say you know if you want to play at the next level it's going to have to be you know bare minimum 290 closer to 300 so gee what do you so what do you weigh now uh i came in at the combine at 294 i believe so okay um, yeah it was a it was a good off season for sure uh, this texture says, how many Canadians are playing in the NFL right now? I just did a quick Google of that because I didn't know off. Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I know of a few. I don't know. I don't it know said, a number. It said at the start of last year there were 17. Okay. Which is sure. about 14 or 15 more than there would have been probably 25, 30 years ago. No, I'm serious. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's more. I mean, it's still uh, the NFL is dominated by U.S. players and the odd Australian punter, I guess. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the level of football in Canada compared to like i said 25 30 years ago i don't think there is a comparison no yeah i think it's been it's been interesting to see you know the game's grown so much over the last even the last five ten years it's grown to the point where 
you know, in the last in the last two years, there's been uh, two guys just from Western Canada that have gone down there on NFL rosters now, so and doing very well. So, yeah, the way the game's grown has really opened up that door. All right, so. The, the Bears football team, I mean, let's face it, Mark, for, for several years it was known for being bad. Winning two games, one game, a couple 0-8 years. And when you started, not very good. And you had some tough... Were you in the game that was, what, 80-1, to 70-1 to 1 for Calgary? Yeah, there's definitely some lean years. I think, yeah, my first my first game ever was a, a bit of a tough one in McMahon Stadium against Calgary. Um, yeah, and definitely some lean years, but... That program's come come so far under under Coach Morris, and you know now it's getting to a point where it's um, after years of work, it's it's getting to be a playoff team and a top level program. Yeah, you guys got got into the playoffs on your last regular season game last year. You won three or your last four to get in, and then uh, you hung in there against the Dinos in the what Canada West semifinal. But I mean, was it? Was that just experience at that point? Do you think they're still just a little further along as a program, or what, what was it about the playoff game? Yeah, you know what, I think there's there's a certain level of of experience that you need, especially when you're going up against a team like the University of Calgary, who's regularly been deep in the playoffs. Right. Um, and there's, yeah, there's some things that just our team didn't have that I think, you know, going back next year, I think we would have that. And I think even this year, I think everything was there, and it just didn't come together as one of those games, but... Um, yeah, I think we're a very very capable team this year, and I think next year even more so. All right, you told me before we started here, you're studying business. Well, you will finish your degree at some point, even if you play pro football, and you're hoping to. So what... Okay, so you, you, you might get drafted. We're pretty sure you're going to get drafted in the, in the CFL. The NFL may, like you said, may contact you after their draft. But could like is there a scenario where you want wind up playing your fifth year of Golden Bears, or is that not on the table anymore? Like, what there must be a lot of moving parts for you here. Yeah, absolutely. There's kind of there's there's so many different ways this could go, um, you know. And one of which is you know going to a training camp and then being sent back and playing my fifth year at the U of A. Okay, so you um, get you get drafted by the CF because that happened to Ed last year, right? Yeah, same situation that Ed Nicky went through, um, got drafted by Ottawa, sent back, played his fifth year and did unbelievably well, and now he's going back to Ottawa in the summer. So, you know, that situation, you know, if that's how it goes, I think, I'd you know, I'd love to play a fifth year at U of A. The first four have been un- unbelievably fun, and I think spending just another year with my teammates would be fantastic. Okay. Mark, thanks a lot for coming in. Let's keep in touch. Continued success. I, I know you're going to keep working hard on and off the field. Uh, you were telling me you got to work on a term paper and get ready for exams. <laughs> All the best, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. That is Mark Cordy checking in. U of A Golden Bears offensive lineman. Big things ahead for him. Quick final look at the scoreboard. Blues still up 3-2 on Chicago. That is after two. Six minutes left in the third in Buffalo. Ottawa has a 3-2 lead uh, on the Sabres. Wild and Ducks coming up at 8 o'clock. The White Sox have jumped ahead of the Blue Jays 4-3. They are going to the bottom of the ninth, so the Jays will have to rally. Raptors up 71-57 on the Celtics with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Oilers tomorrow. Keegan Lowe will make his Oilers debut on the blue line. Secker out for the season and a V2 doubtful for the rest of the season with injuries. 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Besides Mark Cordy, you heard from Ryan Smith and Kelly Rudy. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, and thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.